St. Albert's Hospital is in trouble. The healthcare system is collapsing. People do die in intensive care. In the same bed, four Fridays in a row. You want fries with that? <laughs> the doctors are out of control. Pleased to mark you down with an F for today. The interns are taking over. You're a doctor? I'm not a doctor, I'm just an intern. Clear! You guys think it's funny to send a dead body back and forth from hospital to hospital? Yeah. That's the whole point. <laughs> yeah, sure, okay. They're changing the face of medicine forever. Are you sure that you're not sexually active? No, sir, I just lie there. The hours are long, but there's plenty of time to play. Don't be afraid of you in a freak. Embrace it. I need someone to look at my breasts. Oh, my God. You think I'm a freak? Yeah, but in a good way. They're breaking all the rules. I'm gonna stick my hand into your wife's vagina. I don't think that's the right spot. Sounds like an administrative problem to me. Why did you decide to become a doctor? To meet women. Oh, that was a new record. This place is awesome. That is a sperm cell. What would a sperm cell be doing in your mouth? The patients aren't taking it sitting down. You son of a bitch. You got a sick sense of humor. Burn in hell, buddy. Point him out to me. I'm okay his ass. You gonna what? You can't be a cardiac surgeon if you're dead. I'll take all three of you on right now. What? All right, you too. But that's it. Four is my limit. Awesome. I need to get a urine, blood, and stool sample. What? She needs a pair of your underwear. Uh, hello, everyone. Welcome to the Dan Aykroyd Podcast. I am your host, Scott White, and I am joined once again uh, from Canada with uh, Derek and Mark. Thank you, guys. Thank hello. You guys for being How's it going, eh? Uh, we're doing the movie... White Coats, a Canadian movie written and directed by Dave Thomas of SCTV, starring Canadian legends Dave Thomas, Dan Aykroyd, uh, Dave Foley, and Matt Fewer. And I think after watching this movie, I think we can all agree that Canadians should stop making movies. Well, I can also add on P uh, Peter Oldring, I believe, is Canadian, too. Yes. Uh, a couple um, of the ladies are Canadian as well. Don't ask me why. Well, they're all Canadian. <laughs> yeah, they're they're Canadian. basically all Canadian at this point. Yes. It, this was a Canadian movie. It's all Canadian. I was just wondering. So this is basically, they have a bunch of younger no-names at the time, and then mm -hmm. they have the older guys sprinkled through the movie. Yep. Are there any of the young actors, the young Canadian actors that became stars in Canada? Uh, Peter Oldring, which is your main character with the big dick. Spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> um, he did a lot of. All right. Now I'm going to have to explain this. This is um, there's a channel in, in Canada called YTV. Uh, it was under youth television. And that was the whole idea. It was the whole idea was kind of kind of like Nickelodeon, but for the preteen area and they had again i don't know did you guys have vjs on on mtv yes yes we had vjs okay so we had them too on much music 
Taking from that, they were video jockeys. That's what VJ stands for. And YTV, they had program jockeys or PJs. I know. (laughs) (laughs) That's how this worked out. He was a PJ for a short amount of time. Okay. Um, As far as I can tell, I mean, some of them look familiar. Yeah, so uh, there's a few of them that, because they're uh, based in Vancouver, ended up getting parts on a lot of the CW superhero shows, Arrow, uh, Batwoman, The Flash, stuff like that, because all of those are filmed out there in Vancouver. So um, uh, the one I'm looking at, she played the nurse. I'm looking through IMDb, and she was on uh, quite a few. She had a reoccurring role on Arrow. Uh, She had a reoccurring role on 24. Uh, She was in Californication. so yeah, she I knew she looked familiar and then I looked her up and so uh yeah, she was on episodes of The Collector and uh so she's actually gone on to do quite a bit Orange County. Uh so she's been like a steadily working actor like right up until she's got stuff still in production or or at least in post. So uh Pretty Little Liars and uh, The Good Doctor. Yeah, so so uh, Carly Pope is the actress. And then uh, another one of the, the ladies I looked up there, she was in, she'd been in a couple episodes of Batwoman as well. Again, filmed out in Vancouver, so um, not huge fame, but just like, oh wait, I've seen it's the I've seen them in something. Like um, and like our main character there, um, what's his name? Steve. I honestly what? don't remember any of so, their names. I don't know any of their so names. M- anyway. Mike is the guy with the glasses. I've got IMDb up here. It's the only way I know. <laughs> Who's the main character? Who's the the one with the big dick? Uh, Mike. Mike, Mike ba- Bonnert. The way I know him, I was like, I know I've seen this guy before. I know I've seen this guy before. And when I looked it up, I realized it was because he was on Blue Collar TV, if you remember that one. Um, That that was Jeff Foxworthy. Oh, yeah. Ron White and uh, Larry the Cable. No, no, not Ron White. Bill Engvall. Bill Engvall. Engvall. Bill Engvall and Larry the Cable guy did a TV show, but they had like three other guys that were the mainstays on that show. And he was one of them. So that's how I know him. Uh, the the redheaded nurse, the, the head nurse there, she's been on in a ton of different stuff. Again, yeah, she's a character actor, too. She had a reoccurring role on Arrow. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. All, all, Masters of Horror and uh, all kinds of stuff. Yeah. So she, she's been acting since, uh, oh, boy. I'm going way, way back. Since uh, 86. Do you remember a show, Derek, by the name of Danger Bay? Oh, God, Danger Bay. <laughs> Yeah, she played a character back on Danger Bay. I was like, that's crazy. Like, good for her. I mean, that's the thing. They're, so they're, none of them went on to, like, the superstardom, not like a Ryan Reynolds, but they've they've been able to get work. They've been working steadily, you know, getting parts here and there. So. All right. So the movie White Coats, written and directed by Dave Thomas, it's a story about we follow the interns and so it's their last year, so they have to, we follow them through their final year of interning at a hospital. And they're at this hospital, and apparently it's the worst hospital. Now, so maybe you guys can answer this question for me. The movie is obviously Canadian, but the gist of the story is this hospital is so bad, and Dan Aykroyd, who is the administrator of the hospital, is basically selling off the hospital piece by piece to keep it open. In Canada, aren't the hospitals, doesn't the government give the hospitals money to keep them open? Basically, yeah. So this this reeked to me of an American hospital. Yeah, yeah. It's it's definitely set in an American hospital. I think that's the idea. 
Yeah, like if like if this yes, was a Canadian hospital. So, uh, so it was shot and filmed and Canadian actors from start to finish. But obviously it was it was set in America because that's how it would work. That's how it would work in America. Yeah, yeah if, exactly. If he tried to sell off things like equipment from a Canadian hospital, that he so would get arrested so quickly. That's that's so fraudulent. <laughs> You're, you're spending, you're, you're, you're spending, you're selling away things that have been paid for by the taxpayers. We, we don't allow that here. Yeah. Sorry. You, you said Canadians start to finish, and plus Saul Rubinek. Yes. I, I, I reckon Saul Rubinek is this character actor. He's been in everything. I remember him. He was the journalist in the in the Clint Eastwood Western Unforgiven. I just did a podcast on my other channel, the Burt Reynolds and Charles Bronson Cod, uh, podcast. I just did Death Wish 5. He's in that movie. But he, he hops the border, though. He's been on both, like, U.S. and Canadian TV, and, you know, he's all, yeah. So no stranger to Canadian television, how it goes, or, or movies, or how, how they go. But, yeah, the, uh, like you said, the setting, it's got to be American Hospital. I love the opening, because it, it, it looked like it was done with, with Hot Wheels. I don't know why there seems something very Thomas the Tank Engine about it, the hospital, and then the ambulance driving up. I'm like, I don't think that's real. I think they just had that on a Hot Wheels track, and filmed that instead of an a, an exterior of an actual hospital. They built a little model and then had a car go vroom vroom vroom, a little ambulance go up to the front of it. It looks really weird, like just off putting enough that I thought it was fake. Yes, because the. Whenever you see an exterior of the hospital, it's just a building with a big H on top of it. It just yeah. It looks like a matte painting, if anything. <laughs> it yeah, does. And, you're, yeah, you're so correct. I think it's a matte painting or or yeah, or a little cardboard cutout, and they had a little Hot Wheels kind of roll up to it on a string or something. It was funny. Okay. So this movie is uh, this it, it feels it doesn't feel like it was written by one man. It feels like it was written by a bunch of people. Because it's it wants to be a sex comedy, but it also wants to be a medical drama, but it yes. also wants to be a, a a romance. It's like it's it's all over the place. But it was written and directed by one man, Dave Thomas. Well, that's the thing. Like if you had told me this was a National Lampoon's movie, I'd believe it. Yes. Up until the last twenty minutes, when yeah. shit starts to go down, and that's when it takes a drastic turn. Like there's that's no when plot. it turns in the. There's yeah, no plot that's for about 75% of the movie. Yeah. No, You're right, agree. there is no plot. It just goes from from medical, uh, you know, from medical room to to sex, back to medical. It's just... It's like Dave Thomas, what I picture is that he's going, as he's writing, he's going through bouts of sobriety and drunkenness as he's writing. So he, he gets drunk, he tells a few jokes... He sobers up. The next few pages are kind of serious. He gets drunk again, and then the, here comes the jokes, and and so on and so forth. The rinse and repeat. And the, and there are definitely this has vibes of being a sex comedy. Oh, for sure. Kinda. I just yeah, I kinda. But from what I know about Dave Thomas, I just felt that he was he was above this, and because because some of the scenes we have six interns and. So there's the attractive blonde, there's the attractive brunette, there's the attractive Asian. Those are the three women. Yeah. Then then we have the nerdy guy, the horny guy, and the black guy. Those are the three males. 
Yeah. And you also have an attractive blonde nurse. An attractive blonde nurse, yes. And an attractive redhead nurse. I just want to go on the record and saying is there are, in my opinion, there are no likable characters in this movie. I didn't like any of these people. I didn't care about any of these people. I don't know. I think I think I, I like I liked Mitzi. I mean, I bet you, you know, did. Yeah, I bet yeah. you did. Down on her luck, go getter who's doing what she can to make a buck in order to to pay for medical school and drag herself up out of the muck to give herself a better life. What's not to like in that character? Yeah, I, I saw that. I saw that turn coming. Um, so to yeah. Speak. yeah, yeah, I saw uh, that, I saw that a mile away. Like right right off the bat, I'm like, okay, she's either. She's either a hooker or she's a stripper. One of the two. Well, then when they go to the strip club, gee, who's not there? Yeah. Who's <laughs> not with the gang, you know, going out yeah. for drinks? Yeah. Which is weird because they didn't invite her. Did, or did they? And she said no. I, it I was think, weird, yeah. I think they invited her and she said she had to work. So. Oh, yes. Yes, she did. That's right. She did. She said she had to work. Oh, yeah, but they said yeah, but they said we're going out for drinks. They didn't say right, we're they going didn't... to the strip club. Exactly, yeah. They, they Yeah, it was just we're going out for drinks. Location TBD. Yeah. Yeah. But but so, you know, otherwise, you're you're right, Scott. I mean, the there's well, Pat Kelly playing Dale Dodd. The, he's the horny dude. I mean, uh, I guess I guess um, Marlon's okay. Like, he seems to be like a stand-up guy, but... Well, but that's the thing. Like, like yes, like some of the guys are... Like they have things about them that are not good, and sometimes they do things that are not good, but they're not horrible people. Like, yeah, the guy hits on all the women, but as soon as one lights him back, he sticks with her. He doesn't cheat on her. True. You know what I mean? Um, the nerdy guy really doesn't do anything bad up until the the organ fight. The organ fight. Yeah, that's we'll where get those. To that. That's where all three of those guys are kind of horrible, but. And to to the nerdy guy's benefit too, it looked like Mitzi actually like actually liked her by liked him by spending time with him. Then bonus, he's loaded down under. You know what yeah. I mean? Like he's got yeah, he's got some, a giant snake or whatever. It's not like it was rejection, rejection, rejection. She sees his boner now come here like that. Yeah. That to me would be national lampoonery uh, at its finest. Sure. Where he gets the hot girl only because of his penis size, but here they try and put something somewhat genuine. Yeah, but the problem with like the problem with the characters, I don't know if I did, I, I don't know if I didn't dis, if I didn't dislike the characters, or I just, I, there was nothing happening, so I didn't care. Well, let's since we're you know I mean? talking about the characters, can we talk about a couple of the ladies? No, I don't mean Mitzi. I've already defended her. But well, before we the get other to that, two, where so with Mitzi is the horny guy. Asked her out, she stands him up, and then the next day he's like, well, what happened to you? Well, I was busy. She takes him into this room and blows him. Yeah. And it, where, where did that come from? Why? It's She's not set up. As, she's set up as a stripper, but she's not. But she's also set up as a stripper. before that. It's before Honestly, that. I, I think what happened there is I think that was sort of like, oh, I'm I'm genuinely sorry that I couldn't go out on the date. Let me make it up to you. That's so, how I kind of saw it. I, I don't know. And then, the, so the next scene, they're in a class and they swab their own mouths to look at the culture. And and so she's got sperm in her mouth. And the doctor is like, hey, everybody, take a look at this. This girl has sperm in her mouth. Yeah. 
that one of the best scent samples we can use are from our own mouths. Now, why do you think I think that? Because the hospital doesn't have any money for real specimens. No, no, that's wrong. Who else? Yes. Because the mouth is the filthiest place in the human body. Exactly. The mouth is filthy, disgusting, cells, bacteria, rife with, with all sorts of viral bacteria, whatever. It's very bad, but good for us because that is why we uh, take from the inside the mouth, okay? What we do now is we take the swab. Everyone take one, take a swab, and swab it around in your mouth. In your mouth, right in your mouth, your own. Yes, don't do your friend, no, do yourself. Dr. Toussaint? Tony? Yes. Yes. I'm having trouble identifying the cell here. All right, now your name is Misty. Misty. Mitzi. Okay. Oh, that is very strange. That is very strange indeed. That is a sperm cell. Now, what would a sperm cell be doing in your mouth? Uh, I have the glove on. Let me see, just to verify. No, just, I just want to confirm. That is very strange. Come look, look, everyone. Come look and see the sperm cell inside Misty's mouth. Come look, 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 yes. And I, I don't, and when that happened, I was like, oh God, this is gonna be a chore to get through. Okay, um, Derek, 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 hold, hold my beer. <clears throat> Yeah. What I see here is a tale of a <laughs> confident, sexually liberated woman, Scott. So how dare you slut shame her just because <laughs> she decides she's confident enough to go on stage and to, like Derek ah. said, apologize for standing a guy up. I mean, are we going to come down on this woman just because she does what she wants? I mean, what, what kind I'm of not, world are we living I'm in? I'm not it's slut shaming. <laughs> she can blow whoever she wants. She can dance wherever she wants. It's just, I was just like, if you're going to set her up as a slut, make her a slut. But just to have her blow one guy randomly, it's just, you know, weird. And it, it I is. don't know. Yeah, it's not like she did the tour and then and then settled, well, this guy's got the biggest D, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with that right, guy. Right, yeah. Yeah. She does, and again, though, even though she's set up as a slut to start with, she ends up being faithful. She's just like, well, yeah, she's she seems very sexually liberated, and she's like, hey, foursome, threesome, whatever, and you know, making the sex jokes and stuff. She's yeah, still quite, she's still sticking with, you know, with Mike. So when she wasn't with anybody, she did what she wants. Then she became, I guess, a girlfriend to somebody, and okay, so she stopped. Did she keep dancing? Do you think after that? I guess so, right? Eh? I would I say so. so. Yeah, yeah. It's not like he's he paying the pay bills, right? College, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. But anyway, you were gonna defend. You were gonna talk about the other women. Well, yes. The the so the the other two women. One of them. Um, what was it I had about? Oh yeah, one of them's power hungry. The blonde. She's like uh, the idea of like holding you know the power over life and death. So that was not not disturbing at all. Um, 
see uh oh who was it i think it was um she just wanted uh, to be a heart surgeon that's all she wanted to be yeah but she does make mention of like i love having the power of being in the feeling of you know being able to go in and say it's okay i saved them i saved your loved oh. one yeah, yeah she did she mentions like a power hungry thing it was i think it was david duchovny's playing god kind of really touches into that is it david duchovny or am i thinking alec baldwin i think in a baldwin movie we no, plays no, a doctor it's, da- and- it's david duchovny David Duchovny. I know Alec Baldwin's yeah. played a similar type where the, you know, the the doctor's ego. I, you know, I I hold your life in the palm of my hand. You know, that kind of stuff. That's what what came back for this one. The other one, uh, Christine. She was Christine. just like, I just love getting in there and cutting people up and see how they work. I'm like, okay, Dexter, let's just take a beat, just calm down. <laughs> well, yeah, she was, but she was the studious one. She was the one that. Um, you know, she reads instead of drinks, and she she later on drinks for the first time and gets half naked. Yeah, yeah, like that's what you do when you drink for the first time. Apparently, it it's the way it was pre- it was presented. It seemed like one was power hungry, the other one was just like, let me just chop people up. I don't know. It just and then there's the slut. Like this is your three women you have right here. There isn't like like I can see playing the studious one. If she wasn't also into the the, I want to chop people up, see how it all works. I don't know. Yeah, Seems I think little, that makes sense because she's a little, little murdery. I don't know. <laughs> well, she, she's so into her, like she's really into it. Like she's really, I, I guess. she's very hands on. She wants to learn. She's volunteering to chop up the guy. That's when you get to the whole Matt Frewer thing. But yeah. Oh yeah! Wow, that was that scene. That was um, really weird. We're first introduced to Dan Aykroyd. Uh, Dave Tom- Dave Thomas is the doctor in charge of putting the new interns through their paces, and Dan Aykroyd is the administrator of the hospital. And so we're first introduced to him. Dave Thomas comes into his office, and we discuss like we don't have an X-ray machine, and like well, it's now in Moline, Indiana or Illinois, because I had to sell it, and I don't know how much of the Dan Aykroyd character is real and how much is a con man? How much is he selling really to keep the hospital open? And how much is he selling to put the money in his pocket? I'm not sure how, you know, what the percentage of that is. Well, it worked when it was here. I personally supervised the removal of that machine when you guys picked it up. So if it broke, it it happened uh, somewhere on your end. Well, you do what you got to do, but you're not getting that money back. Color those greenbacks gone. John, I value your friendship, and I, I'm I'm sorry that you feel it has to end over this. Well, that's your decision, but uh, anyway, give my regards to Margie. All right. Stupid bastard. Broke the MRI machine. Now he wants his money back. The one from D-Wing? Yeah. I thought you finally sent that out to get it fixed. <laughs> Caveat emptor. Buyer beware. Well, after overhearing that, I don't suppose there's any point at all in asking where the X-ray machines from the third floor are. Well, you can ask, and I'm happy to tell you. They went to Moline, Illinois. And I think they'll be very comfy in their new lives at the little Sunnyside Clinic. How the hell are we supposed to do our jobs around here with you selling this hospital off one wing at a time? Well, why don't you do your jobs with the eight wings we've got left? And you can thank the people in Moline, Illinois, for paying your salary. You know, I don't get it. St. Albert's pays the lowest salaries in the medical system. We use the cheapest supplies, and every bed is full. How can we not be making money? Take a look around you. Hospitals are closing all over the country. The healthcare system is collapsing. I got a board of trustees here. I got eight of them that would flip this place for real estate tomorrow. 
I've got to find more things to sell to make next month's payroll. I'm single-handedly keeping this place alive, Omar. Well, I guess if I wake up packed in ice, I'll know you sold my kidneys to the Indonesians. You're giving me an idea. That is very weird because he does... Like, later on in the movie, he'll have a hot girl with him and he's drinking champagne or wine. Ice wine. Ice wine. Um... And it looks like he's appreciating the finer things in life, but at the same time, he claims to be worried about not making this month's payroll. Yeah, I'm, so I'm it's calling, really weird. Yeah, I'm calling like a fifty-fifty, or, or or at least he's at least skimming. I think twenty-five off the top there to, because he's always got nice suits on. You know, like like you said, he's got the finer things going on, and and of course, the longer the hospital stays open, the longer he collects a salary. So of of all the payrolls he's protecting, his is among them, right? His legit salary. True. Yeah, his legit salary. He's looking out for that too. So, and he's always the the running joke is he's always at the hospital, no matter what time of the day. So is he living at the hospital? Because there's a scene like it happens like four in the morning, and they're like, you know, go talk to whatever his character's name is. Is he Chris. here? He's always here at the hospital. Yeah. So there's a gag that he he never leaves the hospital, and he's also a womanizer. So we had two womanizers. I mean, so it, wow, this. So one of the interns starts off as a womanizer, but as Derek yep. said, once he meets a nice girl, he sticks with her. But then Dan Aykroyd is also a womanizer, and he's all over the place with all the nurses and I guess interns or whoever. So but that's the thing, though, that, because those roles should be switched in my mind because. The kid womanizer, it's a good-looking guy. But yet, anytime he hits on somebody, they're like, ah, fuck off, you loser, fuck off, you loser. Dan Aykroyd's getting the pussy. Yeah. And he's, like a bevy of it. Yeah, like he's he's got a different girl every time we see him. Yeah. And it's Dan Aykroyd. Yeah. Fellow countrymen, like I know, but it's Dan fucking Aykroyd. Do you think there, uh, do you, there, you there think was a reason how... Bill Murray got Sigourney Weaver in Ghostbusters? That's all I'm saying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. This isn't, think... this isn't young Dan Aykroyd that was, you know, no. that was him hanging out with Belushi back in the day. That's not that guy. Do you think Dave Thomas said, Dan, I want you in my movie? And he's like, I don't think so. And he's like, look, you're going to have a different, beautiful woman in every scene. I'll do it. All right. For you, buddy. For you, buddy, and for Mother Canada, yeah, I will yeah, do this yeah. movie. Yeah, for national pride. Yeah, but only yeah. if the only vodka on set could be mine. I'm I'm well, surprised that wasn't part of the deal, honestly. Well, this movie is almost 20 years old, so I'm I don't think that's the vodka true. Was around been back doing the vodka yeah. at that point. That's true. It's weird. This movie well, is almost 20 years old. <laughs> 18 years old. It's like, yeah. it's, it, wow. It's like, man. Um, I'm seeing, uh, two, yeah, yeah, 2004. Yeah, it's weird. So, as you said, the good-looking guy, he meets this cute nurse, and they hit it off. But Okay, but this, it's sort of like, the, there's like little plot points as we go along. And the one thing is, is that every Friday in the same room, somebody on life support dies. In a specific in a specific bed. Yeah, and, one yeah, bed. In the same bed. Um, so they decide they're going to have a date. Uh, they talk about, oh, isn't this, you know, there's a ghost. They're killing these people. Let's have a date. And he sets up the date in the 
adjoining room watching the TV for this thing. And then, lo and behold, ha, 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 the cleaner comes in, and in order to put on her whatever machine she, her four buffer, she unplugs whoever is on life support. Okay, a, a couple of things with this. Well, actually, one thing with this. Okay, so she's Ukrainian, which is sort of ironic. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so she doesn't speak a word of English. But even though she doesn't speak a word of English, when she pulls out the cord of his life support, does it, it made a sound, right? Yeah. So even though you don't speak English, when that sound comes on, you obviously know something is wrong. And but she, unless she turned her machine on, and it does, it doesn't make sense. Well, also that, doesn't make sense. There should be a heart monitor on this guy that would send right. off an alarm to the nurses' station. Exactly. Yes. And so they would know who's dying and comes right. <laughs> yeah. So let's. So the first, the first part I can understand. She unplugs the machine. They're basically taking their last breaths, if you will unassisted she has enough time to turn on her floor waxer so she wouldn't hear the beep right she wouldn't right. hear she wouldn't hear anything but and uh until she's done with the floors and she doesn't know what any of this equipment is she doesn't speak english no one's probably explained to her what it means so she just it's like oh it's hospital noise whatever move it on to the next room i'll give you that derek absolutely the hell with the nurse's station not being noticed. And then I'll add on to that. Um, why is it when people are like cause of death, holy fuck, this machine was unplugged. Thank you. Is she plugging that one back in after she unplugs her floor waxer? She must. She is must. That, that's the only way to explain how no one noticed that they were unplugged. Well, then they take her to see Dan Aykroyd and he speaks her language and apparently... Once again, to show how cheap he is, every, he goes, every year I go over to Ukraine and bring about 20 cleaning people back. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Yikes. A little uncomfortable to hear right about now. But yeah, still, yeah. it wouldn't it wouldn't matter, though, if it's Ukraine, anywhere else, Mexico, uh, South America, Africa, wherever, Australia, I don't care. You know what I mean? It's just uncomfortable. But you got to know that Ackroyd's character is sitting in on all the interviews for the nurses. Anytime there's a female being interviewed, you bet uh, the administrator is going to come down and just sit in on this interview and he'll be <laughs> he's given yeah. the he's given the the, the nod to like, yep, <laughs> you know, after he sizes her up. Yep. Or, or uh, nope. <laughs> OK, so another since we're talking about medical stuff that doesn't make sense, Dave Foley plays the main heart surgeon of the hospital. Yeah. And he's a he's a total jackass. He's a total asshole. Uh, you know, we were talking about the ego based doctor. This is this is the Dave Foley character. He's operating on this guy. Nobody's wearing masks. No, I noticed that, too. Nobody's wearing masks. It's uh, there's like four people and this guy's chest is wide open and not a single person in that room is wearing a mask. Yeah, and they're they're getting in arguments and fights over top of this guy's chest and hollering and everything like that. I mean, I'm surprised there ain't like spit spittle coming in. Yeah. You know, this guy. Yeah, and no wonder he dies on the table. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing. You say, oh well, it's just you're just sensitive to masks because of COVID. No, every single medical show since Mash <laughs> or before. 
no, no, yeah, this has nothing to do with COVID. Every every medical movie, television show I've seen where people are operating, they're wearing a mask. Actually, yeah, none of them are wearing masks. I just didn't understand that. That did stick out to me, the big time. And like, yeah, like he's, I'm just, I'm just watching him with his big goofy, because Dave Foley is a big goofy mouth. I just see it all over the place, and he's like being totally sexist to this. Uh, is it? Oh yeah, Mia, yeah. Mia Towers is that her name? Towers. Yeah, yeah. Mira Towers. Mira Towers. Yeah. Um, I'm sure, I've seen her in something before too. I know, I know. She looks familiar too. So yeah. well, anyway. So at oh, yeah, this right. point, so Dave Foley, everybody's trying to tell him that this guy's in trouble. He ignores everybody. The guy dies on the table. So one of the interns, he tells one of the interns to stitch him up and get him ready for the morgue. Uh, the, inter- the intern drops something into the chest cavity, and the heart starts again. So so now the guy's alive. And But at the same time, he sent uh, Michael off to the waiting room to tell the family that the patient has died. And he tells the wrong family. Three times he tells the, the three times he tells the wrong thing. And I'm like, uh, like I know it's a comedy, but it's not funny. No, they really oh. hang the gag on on the the music swelling when he opens the door and then he approaches the family, and it's got the violin and all that stuff, and then it's almost a record scratch, and then he has to start over again, and there comes the violin swells again, and goes back into the room and he tells the wrong family and then yeah anyway it's about as entertaining as me describing it to be yeah, fair yeah I, I have to keep reminding myself that this was 2004 this is still in an age where american pie and national lampoon's movies were still kind of a thing this was i think near the end of it uh, yeah, well, as far as far as theatrical releases theatrical yeah, releases is, yeah, yeah this is the end of that yeah and I don't know if this movie, I don't think this movie was released in the States. I think it was just released in Canada. In I don't even know if it was released in Canada. I've heard of this one. It was released. And the, the reason I know this is because I, I looked some stuff up about this movie. Dave Thomas sued or went to court. He, he, he blamed the, the lackluster performance on this movie from the producers not promoting it enough so it did have a theatrical release in canada but it had a much smaller theatrical release than dave thomas wanted and dave thomas was upset that they didn't promote this movie at all the people behind it despite getting a wider than wider than average release to canadian theaters the movie was a huge box office failure in 2005 dave thomas testifying to canadian politicians at the house of commons in ottawa he came to ottawa for this shit you don't anyway that's a federal bill blame the failure of the movie because of tva films mishandling of the marketing campaign why would you go to the house of commons in ottawa that's that's the federal karen i want to talk to the manager of canada that's what the, <laughs> that's what he says wow when i look up tva i see a whole bunch of french articles here <laughs> yeah. maybe that's why they had to go to the house of commons <laughs> That's crazy. Did you know this had a budget of four and a half million dollars? Yeah, I believe it. Yeah, it looks about a four million dollar movie about at the time. Yeah. Well, four and a half million Canadians. So yeah. Yeah. 
I'm you sure paid most of that for Dan Aykroyd in 2004. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. We we know where that money is. It's all on the screen, and it's mostly in the actors' pockets. Yeah. Yeah. You're paying for Dan Aykroyd. You're paying for... You're still paying for uh, Dave Foley, I you're think. You're still paying for Dave Foley. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, you're not paying for the young cast. They're getting paid absolutely nothing. It, oh, it's yeah. like, oh, we're, you're going to star in a, in a major motion picture. It's like, okay. <laughs> Matt, yeah. Matt Furrer still had some juice in Canada. Uh, well, he kind of still does, really, but in you know in Canada, right? So that's. So anyway, the Matt Fewer 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 the Matt Fewer scene. Matt Fewer, known basically in the states as Max Headroom. Yes, here too. <laughs> oh yeah, he play. So they're doing a autopsy they have this john doe that they that nobody identified so they're using it as an autopsy and matt matt frewer just comes he's this he the asian woman he calls her miss china and yeah. uh and miss yeah. ms and miss msg yeah that was I'm like, mm-hmm. wow <laughs> i know 2004 may have been a different time but I would have thought we were past that in 2004. This is John Doe 5. Since we were unable to identify next of kin, we asked John if he wouldn't mind being cut up by a bunch of interns. Well, he didn't say no. What we do in this class is like CSI. You kids like that show? I love it. I mean, since Quincy got pulled off the air, there's really nothing that a dedicated pathologist like myself can really sink his teeth into. We're going to figure out what killed John Doe 5 today. may very well have been my scalpel. (laughs) And we're going to start with No, it's Towers. Check for bruising and trauma. Very good, Ms. Charles. No, it's Towers. Are you challenging me, Miss Powers, Towers? I'm the teacher here. He has no trauma. Yes, he has no trauma. He has no trauma today. Big finish today. Blackout. Today, blackout. Next, Ms. Me? Yes, you, Miss China, full of Eastern promise, Miss China, you! It's Lee. Christine Lee? Very good, Miss Chrissy Lee. I want to hang you from my rearview mirror like a car freshener. Check the body for stab, gunshot, and puncture wounds. No stabs. No gunshots. What kind of puncture wounds, Miss Creeley Lee? If that's your real name... Syringe wounds, which would indicate possible drug overdose. Uh, that's what I thought you meant. No track marks! <laughs> Next, Mr. Bannisterwood. Bonnard? Yes! Check for myocardial infarction. Very good, and how do we check for that? By cutting open the chest. Very good, Mr. Woodbone!
Yeah, if it was 94, I would expect that behavior. Yeah, 94. 84, unfortunately, as much as I love the 80s, I'd expect that behavior. Hell, I think China Girl was written by Bowie in, in 84, but, you know, right. 2004? But he just plays this weird doctor who can't get the students' names right. He takes the nose off the corpse and is like, now, where can I sew this to have the highest comic value? The forehead. So he takes this nose off this corpse and sews it onto the forehead. And the minute that happens, the family does show up and have to identify the body. And it's just, he just plays this odd, odd character. And but that's how this movie works, though. It's just a series of skits. Yeah, you're right. It's, it, well, I, considering Dave Thomas came from SCTV and was sure. head writer for SCTV. I, now that you mention it, yes, now I can see it. It's just a series of of hospital skits. Oh yeah, like, and look 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 who else he has: Dan Aykroyd, SNL, Dave Foley, Kids in the Hall. Like this is sketch comedy trifecta going on there, you know. <laughs> but that was another one that they had. It's an old hack joke. I'm sure we've all heard of it before. The nurse goes into the thing, and and there's an old guy sitting there. She says, "I need a blood, urine, and fecal sa- and and stool sample." What? He's, he's hard of hearing. I need a blood fecal, uh, a blood stool and sperm sample or whatever. Urine. What? Yeah. Urine sample. Oh, I need a blood urine. And then finally the wife goes, she needs a pair of your underwear. I'm like, uh, like I've heard now, this joke like on stage with the most hack comedians. You know what I mean? I was like, okay, they can't go there. They can't do that because oh, yeah. when I'm like in my head, because like, yeah, this joke is older than all of us. Yeah. And and I'm like, he's gonna do. There's gonna be a twist on it or something. Nope. And from what I read, it was he called it an, 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 a homage uh, to the you know to the old hospital joke. But I don't know. It's just like when I heard that, I'm like, you can't. He can't be go- he can't be going for the old low hanging fruit joke. It's got to be different, or he's going to put a twist on it. Nope, it's the joke word for word from back in 1915. I knew that joke was going to go. At, sorry, Mark. I, I I knew that that joke was going to go as it was because it's in the trailer. Ah, ah! Sorry. I didn't watch the trailer. Yeah, me neither. Me neither. Oh, by the way, so this is <laughs> this movie is a Canadian movie, but you can't find it on Canadian YouTube. I found this, this, you can watch this movie here in the States on the U.S. uh, YouTube, but apparently uh, in Canada, this movie is not allowed on YouTube. I don't know why, but I thought that was kind of ironic. The Canadian movie can't be seen on Canadian YouTube. Well, that's why Dave Thomas went to the House of Commons. That's why. (laughs) (laughs) No, what's the real reason? Well, because here in Canada, we have something called the CRTC, uh, the Canadian Radio and Television Council. Um, And it mandates that anything on any platform needs to have 33% Canadian content. But what it also does is it blocks blocks content from being viewed if that uh, content can also be viewed on a Canadian channel or on a Canadian-only channel. Uh, website or a Canadian or a streaming service or, or streaming service or something. Yeah. So this is probably on Crave or uh, what's the Canadian one? 
Oh yeah, yeah. There's, Maybe on yeah. the CTV app or something like that. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. So there's they the have ex- some somebody that has the rights to this movie. Yeah, like the YTV or something. <laughs> or it's, it's available, YTV, yeah. like Rogers on Demand or Bell on Demand or something like that has the rights to it. So yeah. they're renting it out for two ninety nine, and so they would have exclusive rights to stream it in Canada. Yeah. Hence the reason why we were. It got um, taken down. It, we were cut. We were what, what do they call it? Uh, country blocked. Content blocked. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, that's why having a VPN <clears throat> works. So, yeah. Goddamn Canada country blocked me. <laughs> <laughs> we country blocked ourselves. Because you know why? Because it would be too impolite for us to be able to view that movie for free. And we're like, oh, sorry, eh? We're going to... I mean, Dave Thompson's still trying to get his four and a half million back somehow, so... <laughs> Maybe it's 99 cents at a time, but... So when you go to YouTube and you pull it up, it says, this this movie's not available in your country. Yeah. As a Canadian, you just go, oh, sorry. And then you click away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry. I'll just watch something else. So speaking of hackney jokes... There's another scene where a doctor walks into a room and there's this woman in a gown and she's making out with this guy. And Oh my god, this took so long. It took so long. Uh, and and we all knew where the joke was going, right? Yeah. We yes. all knew it. So this woman is making out with this guy. They just met in the lobby. And I'm like, okay, he's got her test results, and he's like, maybe you want to hear this. It's like she's she's loaded with STDs, and that's exactly what the joke was. These a lot of these jokes you can see coming a mile away. I'm like, she's got, she's loaded with herpes, she's loaded with syphilis, and that's exactly how the joke came off. And the guy's like, okay, well, I've got to go, and that's it. Yeah, there's yeah. The, there's the other one with the the woman. She has some sort of leakage, and the the doctor checks her out, starts playing around downstairs. She gets off on it and then reminds her, "Oh no, it's in my ear." But don't, but don't leave. Come back. I wasn't. But you know. the, yeah. But it's uh, a female doctor. It's a yeah. female doctor doing it. So. Yeah. There you go. That makes it funnier. I I could swear, and I've been meaning to say this for a few minutes now. I recently heard the bit about the cheek swab and the sperm. I could have swore someone told that as if it happened to them. It's probably or, one of those urban legends. It's probably someone's stupid fake Facebook story that just to yeah. try and get clicks and likes, but I could have swore someone took that story it's recently. It's probably like one of those things that you read on Facebook every once a year that you used to get in an email once a year that you used to get in in school on a piece of paper because you'd have to write it to 10 different people and send it to them in their locker or whatever. That you, you never got on... That you never got on MySpace once a year because MySpace didn't last that long. It didn't last that long. Yeah, yeah. It didn't last the year, but yeah. And and yeah, the 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 thing with the 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 stereotypes, the, the archetypes. The guy that works in the morgue is always the weirdest one in the hospital. I've seen yeah. it played over and over on TV and movies. Um, every comedy has a weirdo. All your weirdo actors made their money playing undertakers, playing morgue guys. You have the god the god complex doctor Dave Foley. You've got the womanizing doctor. You've got the doctor who no one's ever good enough. Like it's, they're all here. You got the overworked head nurse that really is in charge of everything. Yeah, like that. Yeah, that's they. It it's almost maybe I've watched too many medical shows since two thousand four, 
but it, it retroactively makes this seem lazy. You know what I mean? It's like SNL, like, hospital-themed show. You know what I mean? Yeah. But the thing and is, then, it's not even that original. Scrubs came out in 2001. Yeah, well, and that's sort of thing. I was like, is this Scrubs? Like, yeah. That's what, it, it's, it's, a, it's almost a, it's a lazier carbon copy of Scrubs. Yeah. Yeah, if we were on the Or Is It podcast, we, I'd call it Scrubs, eh? Exactly. That's the real story behind the story. They're just like, yeah. Now, for me, and and feel free to disagree with with me, and of course you, you might. But we mentioned earlier that it was it reminded us of the National Lampoon type movies that were you know popular in the early aughts. I thought they should have leaned into that. So, for example, when you have the see where Dave Foley and he's working on the guy, working on the guy, working on the guy. He's got the paddles right on the heart. You know those ones that go right inside. Yeah. Why not lean into it and have him do it so much the guy just burn like his heart just burns to a crisp or something like that? Because he has to come back alive later on. Right, but I mean, but to to what effect? Like it, that didn't get that character anything. It didn't get anyone any kudos that pay off later. There was never an attaboy. It was just it just makes Dave Foley look worse. So why not lean into the stupid and the silly? Like they had the one scene that I that I did like. They're doing the diagnosis. They're doing the rounds as an intern group early on they diagnose a woman they finally kind of get to like okay we need to do this this and this check and that test and then they all leave and no one actually does it i'm like okay that was kind of like that was sort of funny to me and the one thing we forgot to mention this movie opens up with a guy that has a uh, doll stuck in his ass that's right, how so the movie th- opens up that's the thing that's exactly it that's my point the, there's your tone silly ridiculous stupid we have the mike character kind of going in and out of that he gets the guy with the colostomy bag it gets the shit blows up in his face you know what i mean you get every once in a Uh, while you get you get this kind of stuff but then they pull back so far from it 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 just it's like oh no 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 lean if you're gonna go just go lean into it no but that's the thing that like this movie is as soon as they tell the joke it's over as soon as they say well it was my daughter's and then they cut to the daughter and she's crying and it's just Oh no! Don't worry, your dad's gonna be okay. And the mom says, "No, I think she's more worried about her missing doll." Yeah. Ha 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 ha! Because it's in her father's ass. Right. Um, you know, how are we gonna get it out? Well, we can do corrective surgery and blah blah blah. And he's like, "Oh no! Oh no! Oh no!" And it's like, and then nothing. I did. Did they even pull it out? We don't. They see come it. up with a plan. They they bring up the surgery. They've got a plan, but that's about it. Yeah, and then yeah. that's it. So we've. We've done all the jokes that we can out of this. We've 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 hit every tag on that that we can possibly add. Next scene. Well, and speaking of leaning into it, we actually get like for we sort of get a uh, boogie night scene where she takes the guy's pants down, and you can see it. You know, it's obviously a fake cock, uh, but yeah. you can see it. We get like for like half a second, we can see how uh, you know this guy's dick is hanging out of his underwear. I would say if you're going to le- lean into the sex, too, if you're going to make a sex romp, yeah. make a sex romp. Uh, we see we see one pair of boobs, and it's a stripper. It's I'm not sure even one of our characters. It's not even one of our characters, and I'm yeah. pretty sure that these characters are like, we'll do this movie, but we're not going to get naked. Yeah, so um, they hired an actual stripper. They get close. A right. couple of them get close. A couple yeah. of them get close, but if you're going to have a sex comedy, we, we get, a, we get an, a couple of awkward blowjob scenes 
Which we don't even if, see. If you're going to do it, if you're going to be a sex comedy, be a sex comedy. Show this guy getting his balls drained. Or show these two people just going at it in the closet. Here's one, if I may. So there, we have the scene where Mike is, uh, he chases after uh, Mitzi to try and comfort her. Like, hey, we don't judge you. We uh, Don't worry about it. Like, don't be worried that we now know you're a stripper. Oh, and yeah. he starts he starts taking off his clothes. Like, I really thought, and I'm surprised they didn't lean into this. I thought he was then going to jump up on stage and see, like, see, it's okay. I'm doing it now, too. And, and that's how they were going to end that scene. And then, of course, someone would have seen his cock, though, I guess. But, you know what I mean? So, like, I thought he, he was at least going to get up and dance in his underwear like she was doing, right? To try right. and prove, hey, it's okay. I'm going to go do it, too. We're at the strip club, and one of the uh, female interns is looking at the stripper, and it looks like she's getting this sexy look on her face. Like, yeah. Does she, okay, am I into women? And then later, she sticks a dollar bill in her ass takes the dollar bill and actually puts so this could be is she going to experiment with women it's set up that way but it doesn't go anywhere yeah some sort of awakening yes but but it takes such a weird turn because the stripper turns around mad like you can't put that in my ass how dare you violate me and she's like well look i have these other 20s or whatever she's like oh you give me a couple of those i'll let you put your whole fist in my ass and i'm like well, where the fuck did that come from? <laughs> yeah. But then all of them, all of them, all the doctors who deal with, you know, the inside of people, they're like, oh, no, that's too gross. We're out of here. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I and deal so with the... bodily fluids on a regular basis. No, this is exactly. beyond me. Mark, you and I, we did a show. We did a comedy show in, was it Pickering? In a hospital. In the Oshawa, yeah, the, uh, no, the Oshawa General Oshawa hospital. General, yeah. They were up for the dirty shit. They fucking <laughs> loved, uh, yeah. They I loved honestly, the dirty shit. For for me, I, I at the time, I was trying to work clean, and I probably did the worst out of anybody, because yeah. I didn't, I wasn't dirty enough. So. I had to lean into that part of it, you know. These, I mean, these doctors, they, trust me, they can handle their shit. No, no, God. Literally, in some cases, what? if you're in, proct- a, if you're in proctology, hey. All right. a, a woman who likes anal sex? We're out of here. <laughs> yeah. Well, the guy that shoves a doll in his ass, that's completely normal. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's a, Well, no, it's not because they're giggling like school children. That's what I mean. Like, it, it, it's so non-phases them that it's funny. It's just funny, yeah, that yeah. you got a Malibu Barbie or whatever it was stuck up the, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, so the only payoff, Scott, to this scene is when she gets drunk, she starts taking her clothes off. That's as much of an awakening as you get. Yeah. And that's a very loose, loose tie to that. Yeah, very loose connection. Cur- loose connection to her seeing the stripper and be like, say, and then she gets drunk and then she's doing it. Maybe that's it. I don't even know. You know what? I that might be a connection. She I, she identified with the stripper, so it was in her subconscious when she got drunk. I don't. Yeah, maybe that's it. But that was somewhat I, liberating. I don't know. But that was the whole thing too. Is the black guy all the way through the movie is trying to get her to relax and trying to you know just you can't always be studying. You can't always be studying. You got to relax. You know because he keeps talking. He keeps bringing it back about the street. There's the book, and then there's the street. Right. You got to have the two, and you can't have just the one. 
So at the Christmas party, he gives her the alcohol and he's like, no, man, have a drink, have a drink. She's like, fine, I'll have a drink or whatever. Then she goes off drinking and she takes off her thing. And then two minutes later, he's all over the redhead. Yeah. So there's this big Christmas party. So the the head nurse, the redhead and uh, the, the black intern who have had no through this whole movie, they have had no connection. There, there, there has been no spark. There has been nothing. No flirting. No. no nothing. The only scenes they've had together have been in a group setting. In yeah. a group setting. He brings her a drink. She drinks it. And she's like, what else you got? I'm like, where did, what? Where did that come from? It was, are all nurses sluts after one drink? And once again, I'm not, I'm not sex shaming anybody. But... <laughs> You gotta have some sort of connection, and there's none established. Yeah. yeah, there's no flirtation early on, or any nothing to indicate she was even slightly interested. It's more like he was there, and then they end up for somehow in the hot tub with Ackroyd and his date du jour. Right. So they find the hot tub. Ackroyd's in there with another woman, and he's like, "Come on in," and they're like, "Sure." So they're all they're all in this hot tub. And then Dan Aykroyd does his submarine impression, so he goes under the water, and it's... No, 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 there actually was a St. Albert. He lived between 1200 and 1280 A.D. He was declared a saint of uh, natural scientists by Pope Pius XII. He was called the uh, Universal Doctor and uh, Albert the Great, and he taught St. Thomas Aquinas. Wow! (laughs) (laughs) Okay, you win. Your turn. (laughs) Do I get to do it? Oh, again! Do it! Dive! 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 Like, is it implied there was an orgy that they all just fucked, or do they no. all just like, well, we're going home, see ya, you know? I don't think so. I, I, I didn't get that anyway. I just thought, okay, they just—that's where that scene ends, and ta-da. Yeah, I th- I no, think he- it was implied they were all drunk, they were all naked, and they were just all comfortable with themselves. And whatever happened, happened. We yeah. almost get one other boob from Ackroyd's date. We get a couple of boobs from Ackroyd, uh, definitely. Uh, yeah. Yeah, sure. yeah. Yes, because in the outtakes, I don't know if you watched the whole movie, but they had outtakes at the end. And one of the outtakes is um, Dave Thomas going, hey, uh, hey Dan. Uh, why don't we cover up one of those nipples? Hey, Danny, cover up those nips. <laughs> no, no, okay. not hers, yours. There we go. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> just where we so, get to, where it turns into ER? Well, first we have the organ fight that leads. Oh, that's right. Yeah, so they, they're. They, they have yeah, to go, go ahead. Down the, go, sorry, it's your show. <laughs> no, no, uh, it's, my show's much more interesting when other people talk. <laughs> so the three male interns they have to for they've got to bring these organs up to a room for some reason they get down there and then uh the nerdy guy finds out that his girl who he's dating now blew the other guy and they all get mad at each other and they all so they get this organ fight so they're throwing intestines and kidneys and hearts it's like a snowball fight yeah. But with organs. Yeah, kind of a weird food fight, you know? Yeah. Right. Like, like the Animal House food fight. And Dave Thomas walks in and gets, I don't, I don't know what it was, gets an organ, you know, right in his face. Yeah. 
I, I saw it coming before Dave Thomas did. And uh, so Dan Aykroyd is going to expel those three, but uh, the the but the nerdy intern's dad is there, and he's going to bail him out. Right. This so is the, where we get Saul Rubinek. Yes, this is where we get Saul. So this is kind of convoluted. Saul tells the other two, it's like, if you take the fall and let my son stay in here, I'll make it worth your while. So the other two interns was like, it's our fault. We didn't do it. He's in the clear. And then the nerdy guy with the big dick goes, you know what? I quit. So now they're all sitting in the cafeteria and all of the male interns have been expelled or quit. Yeah. So yeah. all the interns are at one table and now we get there's this huge it's like we had a 75 car pile up and none of the doctors can make it here. It's it's Carmageddon. Excellent. So all the interns hop in and start doing what they can do. Yeah, apparently the on on some road somewhere the opening scene to which which final destination when was it there? Derek? You know the one I'm talking <laughs> final about. Final destination 2. That's the one with the log truck and the all the stuff going there. Uh, I was thinking, uh, keeping it more to Dan Aykroyd, this is the pileup in the uh, Blues Brothers movie. Uh, yes. Yeah, happens. Yeah, so but there's this... But the tone of the uh, movie shifts, and it becomes... It becomes wildly. ER. Yeah. It becomes ER with jokes. And we'll get to that. Because, so, there's the lobby. It's filled. My son, my son is dying. My son is unconscious. My son's a football player. It looks like he's going to lose his leg. Parents crying over their children. Yeah. Dan Aykroyd comes down with a date in an elevator, and they go, sir, we need your help. And he's like, I'm not really a doctor. I'm a doctor like Dr. Phil's a doctor. Looks like you guys can handle it. I'm out of here. And he just leaves. Yeah, and this, he just leaves. Like, I, I've seen this. I, I watched Chicago Med, and this is like the season finale of Chicago Med, where they have so many accident victims, so few doctors, and all hell breaks loose. And will what will happen? Find out next season. Like, that's that's the tonal shift. You're absolutely right, Derek. I was, I thought I was in Chicago Med all of a sudden. But where are the jokes, though? I, I wasn't really laughing. Well, too so, much. yeah, well, the jokes are. The interns are taking over, and Dave Thomas gets there finally. Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah. So Dave Thomas gets hit oh, by yeah. a car while while inspecting an ambulance. So he's in, the, he's in the ER room. So Dave Foley shows up. So Dave Foley is the only doctor there. And, and so Dave Foley is like, what's going on here? And then the blonde goes, so Dave Foley and this blonde intern get into a fist fight. In yeah. the middle of all this chaos. Yeah, fisticuffs. And at the end of the fist fight, they start making out because all the time they were secretly in love. And all this is happening while children are dying around them. That is insane. Yeah. But it's well, supposed to be funny. There's another one, too, because I guess it was the kid that's being um, worked on in surgery and there's x-rays on the thing and he says and so and dave thomas comes in he, he's like okay i'm here to help out here what do we have here and he's like well this is what we're doing to him and blah 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 and he's like okay well let's take a look we don't have any mris but we do have x-rays and i can see here that he has this problem and he's 63 years old he just rips them down and throws them away i was like okay that's kind of funny he's that was kind of funny to me 
Yeah, because he's looking at the wrong one. Yeah, because he's looking at obviously a sixty-three-year-old patient uh, for a different yeah. thing. Um, <laughs> like there's a scene where this kid has a bone sticking out of his leg. It looked the the surgery looked real and the injuries looked real, and I appreciate that they didn't, you know, they didn't sugarcoat any of the any of the injuries in this movie. They looked great. They looked real. The head, head wounds and broken limbs. Yeah, the guy with a ski pole in his chest. A guy with a ski pole in his be- in his in his chest who happens to be a billionaire. Yes. And they save him, and he makes a giant donation to the hospital, which keeps the doors open. Um, oh, is that what happened? Oh, okay, I missed. Yeah. That. Oh well, no. Not only does it keep the doors open, but they they close St. Albert's Hospital and. And launched the grand opening of like Microtron Hospital, a division of Omnicorp or something like that. Like right. basically, they got bought out by Evil Corp. And uh, my favorite corporation in movies is Evil Corp. But uh, yeah. They, yeah, and and so now they're now they're run by some tech firm. Right. So now they have all the coolest toys. Yeah, they got all the money and the coolest toys because the tech bubble will never burst. Yeah. I will disagree with one thing. The 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 bone sticking up through the leg, that looked like a white PVC pipe. <laughs> I didn't get that for a second. Uh, <laughs> it looked it looked weird to me, so I was like, ah. <laughs> but everything else, I will agree. Yes, it did look good. Um, yeah, and of course they the interns save the day. They make all the correct moves. Um. And so they get to keep their jobs, I guess. Is, that's how it ends, right? Well, and it ends with a new bunch of interns coming in at, with Dave Thomas, you know, taking them through. So yeah. it's like a patching of the torch from these interns yeah. to the next interns. Yes. And then that how and then it goes in the it goes in the bloopers. And then that's how the movie ends, which they fourth wall break. I'm like, oh, bloopers. I didn't watch them all. I didn't. Have yeah, time, no, we were, about, we we're getting ready to record here. So, yeah, he uh, was- let me ask you this. This movie, why did this movie need a voiceover? I think it needed more voiceover. Really? <laughs> I think it needed it needed to better establish the fact that this was going to be like a year in the life, like three hundred five hundred sixty five thousand six hundred minutes of medical drama or whatever it was going to be. <laughs> it was going to be the rent of the medical community. Um, I would have appreciated more only because it seems so sporadic that it was it seemed like they were only doing it because the writer didn't know how to introduce the next scene or to well, show again, a passage of time i guess yeah coming from sketch com well the voiceover did kind of help they're like well by midterms we were blah 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 we were getting tired and whatever yeah. so at least it helped a little bit with the passage of time i think this might have benefited from having maybe one central character that we follow and this movie could not decide. I mean, I do have in my notes at one point, I thought maybe Peter Oldring was Dave Thomas's son or something like that. I didn't know who I, it was. I thought I was that like, as well. I uh, thought, I'm like, this guy's getting like a lot of the clumsy, you know, Clouseau-esque uh, bits. You know what I mean? He's the, he's getting a lot of, a lot of, a lot of the business. Do you know what I mean? Whereas the other guys are just like, we're just cool guys. But he's getting the, you know, getting stuck with the defibrillator and it's going off and he's still, he's getting zapped. And you know what I mean? A lot of the funny business. 
Yeah, and that's I, another thing too. Like, if you're gonna have a guy that that like goes to the wrong family and fucks up and gets the poo all over him, yeah, isn't that usually the fat guy? You know, isn't that the Chris Farley kind of guy that gets the role? Um, I'd accept a little Rick Moranis, Moranis here. But he's not Rick Moranis either. You know what well, I mean? Well, no, but he's the scrawny, nerdy guy, right? Yeah, but he's so. a good-looking, scrawny, nerdy guy. He's sort of the... That, the that's fair. They, he has main character sort of... He has a sort of a main character look to him, as does whatever Dodd or Dale Dodd or whatever. But they, You're right. They did do uh, kind of a she's all that with him. Eh? It's like, oh, we'll yeah. put the glasses on him. Oh, he's so ugly. Uh, yeah. What a nerd. He can never get laid. Oh, wait, he has a giant penis. Never mind. Well, and that's why they, like, you know, like if they had, like, the uh, James, uh, uh, is it John Belushi or, like, the Chris Farley kind of character or James Corden, maybe, nowadays. Kevin Kevin James? Kevin James back in 2004. That would have made more sense. You know what I mean? Yeah, where's where's Canada's that guy? Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, me. I think that's yeah. I was I was gonna say me. Uh, I would have been. I would. I, I, yeah, I might have been the right age in two thousand four. I don't know, but you know. <laughs> Actually, you know well, who I thought of is our is our friend Tom Farley. Yeah, Tom Farley. Farley. Okay, yeah. it's not. We're not really that close. But anyway, <laughs> the guy who plays the nerd. I actually. Yeah, Mark, I agree with you. I actually thought that Dave Thomas was his dad, but his mom shows up in the movie. And apparently his mom is a Canadian politician in real life. Oh. I'll be looking that up right now. Yep. Dr. Sue Huff plays Dr. Susan Bonnard. Yeah. And apparently she's a Canadian politician. The Alberta party. Yeah. I was going to say, IMDb does her no favors. Sue Huff is an actress known for Intern Academy and North of 60, which was a... North of 60. <laughs> it was a Canadian television show back in the 90s about, about Native Canadians. Uh, in office, November 23rd, 2010 to May 28th, 2011. So this was before. So she tried acting because she also wrote and performed the one-woman play Pushing Up Daisies in 2001. So she tried acting and then went into politics by the looks of it. She kind of reganed herself. To much, to much lower... <laughs> Well, results. Yeah, yeah, she, yeah, she didn't really reach those heights Reagan did in in either category. <laughs> but I mean, she couldn't even become president of Canada. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and she didn't star in any any westerns. No, or with the chimpanzee. Yeah. <laughs> Are you talking about President Clint Eastwood? <laughs> no, uh, Ronald Reagan. He did a bunch of movies with. Uh, uh, Bonzo or Bongo, he did a bunch of uh, movies. That's time the for Bosco. Bosco, yeah. Oh, really? I, I knew nothing about his acting career other than he was one. I never looked into it. Sorry. <laughs> yes, apparently she was the leader of the Alberta Party, ah. which was a small uh, political party that tried to get Alberta to separate from the rest of Canada. Oh, my they were, God. They were really? separatists, yeah. <laughs> They were separatists too. Good lord! Yeah. So apparently, uh, they're like, you know what? Quebec's got something going there. <laughs> they eventually got amalgamated into the PCs. So I can't recommend this movie. I it was I didn't laugh, and I'm just shocked at how bad it was being written and directed by Dave Thomas and starring all those guys, even with the young talent. But I don't know. What did you guys overall view from you two? 
Um, honestly, I wouldn't recommend it. Um, but I've seen worse. I, I, I think if you're, you know, nursing a hangover on a Sunday afternoon and this comes on TV, there's worse things to watch. Um, it's not funny. I don't think it'll make you laugh out loud. Unless you're into the really easy, you know, bottom of the barrel, heard it before a million times jokes. But uh, would I recommend? No. Is it the worst thing I've ever seen? No. So <laughs> it's a middle of the pack for me. Well, okay. I mean, let, let's take a look at some of our characters here. Our, our main character, or one of our main characters, Mike, What what's his character arc? He goes from not being able to do much to all of a sudden being able to do everything. We don't know exactly how. he His, his confidence finally catches up to the size of his penis with the ladies. So what? He, he's loaded anyway. I mean... Uh, uh, the other guy, oh, he was a cocky asshole who was a womanizer. Well, he got the hottest babe, so, oh, no, he's just not hitting on other women because he always has the hottest babe. Well, and he's still an asshole. So, I mean, where's his character arc? You have the 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 overachiever. She still overachieves, and it gets her results. Great. She didn't need to relax. She She did just fine. It's not like she got stressed out. Uh, you have the one with the the heart surgeon. She just ended up making some weird decision to sleep with her boss. Uh, I guess you know it, <laughs> it's it's such an odd collection of character arcs that no wonder they couldn't settle on on which one was the lead. They're all just kind of odd. Uh, yeah, I I, I can't I, I gotta say if you're in the mood for something like this, just go watch Scrubs. It's better written, better acted. This one, like I said, if it if it leaned to the national lampoonery even more, then that would be something. At least you could kind of put it in that category. Like if I'm up for like a wacky, goofy, silly, fall over, you know, pratfall kind of comedy, well, I can't even recommend this. So there's uh, there's other better stuff out there. I'm I'm sorry. I, I, as much as I hate to go against my countrymen, it's like no, you you almost got there, but you. You didn't quite get it. All right, everybody. Well, that's what uh, we all think about White Coats here on the Dan Aykroyd podcast. I want to thank my guests, uh, Derek and Mark. Thank you guys for doing this. Whenever I have a Canadian movie I want to talk about, I always come to you guys. I was going to call you my special guests, but you've been on my podcast so much, and I've been on your podcast so much. I I think it's we're pretty much uh, organic right now. It's It's not special anymore. Because we've been on each other's <laughs> podcasts for time. Which is a good thing. I think that's it what is he's a trying thing. to say. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah, there's a there's a comfort there and a good kind. Yeah, you you are tech, you know, our third host for all intents and purposes on Canadian movie cruise. So we appreciate that. And I yeah, and I appreciate you guys doing this podcast. So talking about the Canadian movie crew, why don't you guys plug your podcast? Sure. Uh, CanadianMovieCrew.com. You can find us on all uh, streaming sites, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Check us out. Leave us a review. That'd be great. Uh, we just posted our review of Morbius, uh, as well as The Lost City. And if you go back three, it's our, our, our or is it with you, Scott, with uh, Hudson Hawk. We just heard all that uh, bad news about Bruce Willis having to quit yeah. acting. Yeah. Um, yeah, so let's keep in mind, everyone, we said all those things before we found out that the guy <laughs> has to retire due to medical issues. Yeah. We didn't know at the time. No, that no. 
But we did say a lot of positive things about Roos Willis and a lot of positive things about the movie. It wasn't all doom and gloom. But no, yes, no, I, it's true. Um, yeah, and coming up, uh, oh, I can't see what we have because we don't have a thing coming up. Uh, do we have any movies coming out this week, Mark? Uh, this I week, think so, nothing, nothing on the docket yet. The next big one, I believe, is going to be the new Doctor Strange movie. So that's, that's coming up, yeah, very soon, very soon. Okay, so by the time this podcast comes out, their podcast on Doctor Strange will have come out. Go over, go over to the Canadian movie crew and listen to all their podcasts. But their newest one, when this comes out, should be uh, the new Doctor Strange movie. That's okay. cool. So we're recording this, and we won't even know what we think of it yet. Right? <laughs> no. We're recording, but yet it'll have already come out. Yeah, and we'll it have already, already seen it and reviewed it. <laughs> you would already seen it's like we're looking into the future through the past. That's right. We've got the time stone here, rocking a little like how many possibilities? Actually, wow, Mark, about four. Wow, Mark, wasn't that a good movie? Yeah, wasn't yeah. that a bad movie? There we go. Now you have your choice. Yeah, I give it a out of ten. You know. Yeah. <laughs> I want to thank Derek and Mark once again. Thank you guys for doing this podcast. Always a pleasure. And we'll see everybody here next time. And when I find another bad Canadian movie starring Dan Aykroyd, I'm going to call these guys. And I'll see everybody <laughs> here next time on the Dan Aykroyd podcast. <laughs> that was good. To support this podcast, please go to www.patreon.com slash scottwhite and give what you're able. If you're listening on iTunes, please give a review. That should help people find this podcast. And no matter what services you use to listen, please leave feedback. We always want to improve. Thank you for listening to the Dan Aykroyd Podcast. This is a wonderful occasion for us all. Because thanks to the courageous work of this particular group of interns... We may be able to keep our doors open a little longer. One of the accident victims in the big pileup, the guy with the ski pole in his chest, turned out to be a billionaire, and he made a large donation to this hospital, which will enable us to open D-Wing again and fill it with brand new equipment. So, let's say goodbye to St. Albert's Hospital and say hello to Microtech, General Hospital, a division of Unicom International. And Dr. Kip sure knows how to put a bow on a story, doesn't he? Yeah. Uh, Dr. Olson, I was wondering if you had any recollection of being unconscious in that uh, ambulance bay after you got hit by that car. Oh, how could I? I was unconscious. It's just that when I was giving you mouth to mouth, I could have sworn you slipped me the tongue. That was probably some kind of involuntary muscle spasm. If you ever feel one of those spasms coming on again, I'm here for you. That's good to know. has been a Cross the Streams Media Podcast.
Sarah. What's going on? Gina, pulling kind of a long shift, aren't you? Oh, I'm uh, off the clock. Who is it? Oh, Marina. I've got some friends with you. Come on in. We were just having some ice wine. Uh, Dr. Kip, to your problema. Oh, uh, what's the problem? This woman here, this, this murderer, uh, Marina, has been unplugging the life support system to plug in her floor polisher. Oh, you understood her? Of course I understood her. I don't hire people I don't understand. I go to the Ukraine a couple of times a year, bring back a dozen of them, help them get their landed immigrant status, and go back, get a dozen more. Call it a, an internship for cleaning ladies. <laughs> she knows what you did wrong. Can't bring back the dead. So, let's have some ice wine. She understood that, didn't she? <laughs>